everybody, welcome or welcome back to B&B Anime. I am Blue, today I am here with Brad and, and a very special extra bonus episode two weeks in a row. What, what is this what have you people? What, what have you people done to deserve this? Right? Two episodes within a week? My yeah. goodness. You guys have got some good karma or something going on. We are going to be jumping into All Out Part 2, where we are going to be continuing off from episode 13 of the first season, because turns out there is only the first season. Well, we knew there was only the first season, but between part one and part two, I have been digging my little nose in to do some research to figure out whether or not the rumors about a season two are happening or not, because I really want there to be a second season, but it's been a few years. Is, and the studio that makes it is kind of known for not making second seasons. So I I did some digging and turns out there's not really much news on it. The studio has neither cancelled the show nor have they confirmed a second season. So they're keeping pretty tight-lipped on it. And I guess we're just going to have to wait and see. The reception of the show when it first came out was pretty average. Like it wasn't amazing. It wasn't not great. So... I feel like it might be one of their, like, back pocket shows, and if they end up needing something to be able to make, then they might make the second season. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm, after having finished the anime today, I'm, I'm disappointed that there's been absolutely nothing announced about it. Yeah, yeah, because the first season is very much a setup season. Like, it feels like that's what the whole season feels like, is them laying all the groundwork for them to be able to build a much longer series off of. Because you mm-hmm. just you just get to know everybody, and everyone gets established, and, like, backstories get formed, and that's kind of it. You know what it reminds me of? What? Fuka. Yeah. Because it sets everything up, especially at the very end. Like, everything's starting to fall into place and get together, and then no more. Yeah, yeah, no, that's actually a a good comparison. But yeah, I'm going to chuck on those spoiler chicken hats right off the bat because we are working on a part two episode, uh, part two of this show. So I feel like just putting those spoiler chicken hats on so we can talk free right off the bat is probably a good thing because I feel like we're going to bring up stuff that we already discussed in part one. Talking, talking free. What the fuck? When when did we watch the second season? Why didn't you tell me? (laughs) Just kidding, this isn't actually all out. It's secretly free, part two. What I sent you wasn't rugby, it was more swimming. I how dare you? <laughs> I was I was woefully unprepared for this. I didn't get the swimming plot that I was promised. <laughs> Why were they swimming on a field with a ball? I mean, beach volleyball or like water polo. Water polo more than beach volleyball. I mean, hey, pool volleyball. Okay, pool, vo- pool, pool volleyball. That's so hard pole to say. Pole vaulting. <laughs> pole vaulting. Have you ever done pole vo- vaulting? If there's anything that involves my feet leaving the ground, I absolutely fucking refuse to do it. Really? Uh, that doesn't surprise me because you're pretty, like, broad. Well, not only that, but I have a phobia of heights. Ah, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, heights bother me. I have jumped off of ladders. I have painted I've done a lot of things that involve heights, but I absolutely hate them. Yeah, I get that. I'm, I wouldn't say that I'm scared of heights. I get woozy when I get like high up. My legs go to jelly and my stomach gets like gulg. But my brain is fine, if that makes any sense. Like I'm not panicking, but my body has a physical reaction to heights. See, I have an immediate panic attack. 
Really? Mm-hmm. Like anytime hides are involved, my body just starts shutting down. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, uh-uh, no. Yeah. Even with roller coasters, like I can't do roller coasters that take me upside down. Oh, okay. And really, I can't do roller coasters anymore anyway, just mm. because I'm an old man. <laughs> but that's, you know, that's, I that's just another so neither here nor there thing. Yeah, I brew so easy that roller coasters tend to actually, like, hurt. Again, we just gotta wrap you in bubble wrap. That's yeah. what you need. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I enjoy roller coasters. I'm a huge adrenaline junkie. I love, you know, rock climbing and roller coasters and flying in small planes. I did a zero gravity thing in a plane once. That was so sick. I had a stunt plane and mm-hmm. uh, went up. I don't know, high. <laughs> it was a stunt plane, so not as high as other planes. And did like a bunch of tricks in the stunt plane. And one of them was like a, a I, they called it zero gravity, but basically it's just where they like fly up really high and then just drop down. And it you like float because the, yeah, the plane is moving faster than your body can keep up with and you like lift off your seat. It's really cool. Interesting. Yeah. I could never do that. It was lots of fun. I enjoyed it a lot. I actually, it's story time about me. I've had flight lessons before. I was going to be a pilot. You know, I could see that. But considering that we don't have any news as this is a midweek episode, nor do we have any background as we previously already discussed it in part one of All Out, I suppose we ought to just jump into it. But actually, before we do, I just want to put out a brief trigger warning out there for episodes... 15 and a little bit of 16 possibly 14 as well i'm gonna put i'm gonna put trigger warnings on 14 15 and a little bit of 16 on yeah just just for some yeah i just i don't want to oh we already put the spoiler hat on so (laughs) for eating disorders on episode 14 and abuse abuse on episode 15 yeah and and alcohol abuse as well so on episode 15 Mm -hmm. and a bit of 16 so just put that out there for those because i know it's a sports anime and a lot of people don't particularly consider a sports anime being one that may be triggering to yourself because they don't tend to have harsh themes throughout but i did want to put that out there no i know so let's jump into it and then we can have more time to discuss our overall opinions how we feel about there not being a second season so far and yeah that kind of stuff speed run speed run episode 13 let's go to ryogoku together the captain and vice captain are walking over from practice with gion and iwashimizu telling them about how Mutsumi managed to get Sekizan, Mutsumi's vice captain, Sekizan is captain, to join the team, using everything that he had in his book of tricks to convince him, because Sekizan was not into it, he didn't want to join. Uh, but yeah, he was persistent. In the end, it was Sekizan witnessing Mutsumi practicing alone in the rain that convinced him to give rugby a try, pun intended. But yeah, that's basically the episode. It's kind of a filler episode, but it is also nice because it does give us some background on not just Sekizen, but also Mutsumi and their relationship with each other because they are really close, our captain and vice captain. They're really good friends. And it's kind of nice to see how that started and also how Sekizen got into rugby because he's like this beast and had only been playing since since the beginning of high school. So it's nice to see how he got initiated into the rugby scene to then go ham with it because he's one of these people that once he gets an idea in his head of something that he wants to do he uh, goes full steam ahead i can relate Mm. what did you think of that little filler episode it was nice because again 
the more character development and character showing they give, the more you can relate with the characters. Mm. And at this point, it just seemed like Sekizen was just a big hard ass. Yeah. But now you understand why he is the way he is and how he actually got into the sport. So, again, it just makes you care that little bit extra. Mm-hmm. I freaking love his Sakura pink t-shirt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that he always wears. It's just so telling. I love yeah. it. And the way he stands, like, he's always bashful. Mm-hmm. It's really, he's kind of hilariously adorable. Oh, yeah. 100%. Especially around the coach. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Episode 14, X Day. Coach Komori goes to dinner with an old teammate who just so happens to be a coach of a high school team. He warns the coach about X Day. Coach Komori doesn't really know what that is, but he soon learns what he means by that when, at school, one of the first years submits a resignation form to the club. Apparently, he's had he's been super overwhelmed from the intense practices, because now they've been practicing morning and afternoon practices, for four hours a day and they're like it's intense their practices are are, they've stepped up a game and stepped up their game and and it's a lot of physical stress on the body and he's been really overwhelmed with it and it's been taking a huge toll on his health to the point where he can't eat he can't sleep very well and his parents are seriously concerned and so they asked him to quit the team and he doesn't want to but he has to for his health Sekizen tries to stop him and believes that it's his fault as captain that someone quit. But Coach Komori reassures him that it wasn't his fault and that he has the whole team backing him. You messaged me after you watched this episode and said, damn, that got emotional. So how were you feeling when you watched this? Just, damn, that was emotional. (laughs) I watch sports animes to get hyped about doing sports. I don't want to be trying to get into my feels. Mm. So I just, I wasn't expecting that at all. Yeah. It's just such a nice little layer to get into it. Again, it's why in the last episode you and I talked about how this anime very much is the best sports anime that you've had me watch so far. Spoiler, mm-hmm. by the way. <laughs> but it's it just does a really good job of making you care. So seeing any little wrench being thrown into any plan and kind of disrupting the flow, it's nice. Like it's a breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't actually know this first year very well. I think they'd only, you know, popped up every now and again in the background of scenes previously. But it did show us a whole nother layer of Sekizen as well, and his personal feelings of responsibility towards the rest of the team, mm-hmm. and how much pressure he puts on himself. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's just seeing Sekizen react the way that he did. Yeah. Is what made me just feel that little bit extra bit. Yeah. But it was also this episode where I swapped to the dub. Mm-hmm. And I started really enjoying myself. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get into that later. Episode 15, anyways. Teammates. Second year and friend of Ebumi, Issei, has been acting strange at practice and about the upcoming training camp. So Mutsumi, vice captain, goes to his house to help to help him ask his older brother and guardian for funds to be able to go. Because obviously it's a training camp, they're going to be spending time at a facility. It's a huge camp as well, like all of the other schools are going to be getting there and they're all going to be playing a bunch of practice games against each other and it's a fantastic opportunity for them to be working together, but of course they've got to pay for lodging and food and all that kind of stuff and they're going to be travelling quite a ways to get there. But his brother is, to put it, As plainly as I can, he's an abusive prick. Issei quits the team because of the pressure and fear of his brother, but Ebumi gives him 
the money, but Ebony ends up giving him the money to be able to appease his brother. Ebony actually knows what it's like to live in a fractured home because his, as far as I'm aware, like he doesn't really, his, they don't really go into detail about him as much as they do about Issei, but his parents are just never home or his mom is never home. So they just leave cash for him. And that's kind of how he survived for years. So like they show him a clip as being really small. Um, and he's just survived off the cash that his parents have left. And so Issei ends up asking him, how did you get this money? Did you like steal it off freshmen? He was like, no, I, it's from my parents. You know how they are. And, and it's so like all of the money that, that his parents have been leaving him, he hasn't been spending all of it and has been saving up the rest of it. And he gives it to Issei to kind of appease his brother. Um, Issei and Ebumi tells Issei that he really wants them to complete their last years of rugby because both of them are fully aware that they're not going to be lucky like the others and have the opportunity to go to university and play in universities. They know as second years that they've only got one and a half years left of being able to play rugby together and Ebumi doesn't want to do that without Issei so he that's why he gave him the money and it's like a really heartwarming relationship thing because they're both two people who clearly don't have a very good relationship with expressing their own emotions so seeing them trying to get through that like barrier that they've set up for themselves of not being very emotionally expressive to comfort each other and for Ebony specifically to comfort Issei I know it was a really nice scene to see uh his brother's a prick though oh yeah 100 percent. but again it just does a good job of storytelling and seeing characters kind of break down in their own way Mm-hmm. But in a very realistic way for how that character would kind of express themselves. Yeah. Like nothing out of nothing out of any of that seemed forced or out of character for either of them. Yeah. And and I don't know, it seemed kind of more realistic to me that Issei, by the end of it, like he didn't, nothing really changed between his brother and him. I mean, there were a couple of clips of his brother kind of reminiscing on everything that happened because he was, his brother's 10 years older than him. And when Issei was 10, his parents were killed. And at 20, his brother became his guardian. And his brother actually took like uh, took guardianship of him over his uncle like that his he was supposed to go to his uncle and aunt but his older brother said no I can take care of him it's fine and he was a really good older brother of him for a while but I guess he they don't really explain how things changed but they did and I assume it has something to do with the alcohol he was drinking but like at the end of the episode nothing really changes between the two of them in a solidified way you know what I mean oh yeah I thought that was really, unfortunately, realistic. Mm-hmm. For sure. Without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Episode 16, You've Prepared. It's the day before they leave for the summer training camp, where they'll be meeting and playing against the other schools. Gion is feeling really restless, so he meets up with Iwashimizu so that they can go out somewhere to just, like, hang out. And they end up bumping into... Captain and vice captain, who are going to the coaches for a lunch meeting. Gion wants to go too, but the captain says that it would be special treatment, so he can't. Like, if he goes, it's like, that wouldn't be fair on the rest of the team. Trying to basically get Gion out of his hair, because Gion just, like, invited himself. But Gion takes that as saying, well, you can't come, because then that wouldn't be fair on the rest of the team. So Gion goes, well, I'll just invite the rest of the team then. And that's what he does. He invites the whole dang team and they all go around to the coach's house and we meet Yumi-chan, who is the coach's wife, but she asks them to call her Yumi-chan. And uh, they all bond. They have a great time together. And this is also where we start seeing the sensei, who previously wanted nothing to do with these rugby boys, 
start to learn to interact with them more. Because, yeah, previously he he had already gained respect for Coach Komori during the game that they lost, but he had never, like, learned about the boys, really. So this is kind of where we start seeing him stepping out of his comfort zone and trying to be an active participant in the team. Mm. And we also find out here that Issei is there, he's with the group, he's no longer quit, and he has gained permission from his brother to be able to go to camp. But, like, that's kind of where they leave it with their relationship. So he got the money to go to camp, he got permission to go, but we don't really know anything else about their relationship at this point. Or ever. This was probably my favorite episode. Yeah? It was just, it was lighthearted. It was nice. The coach's wife had Zero Two's voice actress, which I found immediately humored. Mm-hmm. Or, like, I just found it immediately hilarious. Yeah. Especially because I was kind of half paying attention. And then the coach's wife just shouts, darling. And I was like, wait a second. <laughs> my brain just immediately clicked. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and I'm really sad. Now, this was the only episode that she was featured. Yeah. It made me really upset because I really liked her character. Yeah, I did too. She's so dramatic. Oh, yeah. Especially how different the coach was acting around her too. Mm Mm-hmm. It was great. I really enjoyed it, and I'm sad that's all we got. It's one of the Mm -hmm. main reasons why I want a second season. It's just because I need more of that. Yeah, more Yubi Chan. Mm-hmm. Episode 17, Summer Training Camp. The training camp kicks off as soon as they reach their accommodations. Their former senpai's reputation unfortunately preceding them, giving them, like, because their senpais were half-assing jerks. And, and they begin their first practice game against Osaka. <clears throat> sorry. And they end up beginning their first practice game against an Osaka top eight team, Tenjiku Tech. Some of the other players have come to scout the game as well, and Jinko are initially down due to Tenjiku having a formidable fullback, Sakura Renpi. Is that right? I know something about his name had to do with Sakura. Oh no, Zamba is the guy later. Yeah. Okay, so he is Renpi. Some of the other I don't guys. Know. I couldn't remember any of the names <laughs> from this one, like at all. Yeah, no, in my head, I just remembered that Renpi was really strong, and so I thought he might have been the later guy, but now that's Amber. Some of the other players have come to scout the game as well, and Jinko is initially down due to Tenjiku having a formidable fullback, Sakura Renpi. However, Jinko has their own solid line of defense in their very plain fullback, Kifune. I freaking love Kifune, he's amazing. Just a hardworking, solid dude. Mm-hmm. Um, episode 18, Study. Rempi is clashing with the rest of Kenjiku because of his abrasive attitude. The team is new and they don't really have proper form yet. They don't really have like a culture of playing. You know, when you're part of a team, a team sport, and you have like, even if you're like new or you're like the freshman or whatever in the, in the, in the team, you're, there's like a, an atmosphere of the team, of how they work. There's there's things that they know that work and things that they know that don't. And they have like a, a style. Because this team is only established, I think, a year prior, they don't have that same culture yet. They don't have that same history. So although all of the individual players are really, really good and they happen to have a national level player in Renpi, they don't have this like same culture and flow of working together and they don't have the want to do so. I hope that explained it well. Yes. Yeah. Rempi is a lot 
uh, what did I just say? Is a <laughs> bit. Um, they're a bit all over the place because of this, right? So his childhood friend, Sanao, tries to stick up for him, but it puts him in, but that puts him in a tough position because everyone else is mad at him for not sticking up for the team. And Rempei is kind of like, he's got a loyalty to him because they were childhood friends together, but like there's this huge divide between him and the rest of the team. And, and Sanao is just kind of stuck in the middle. They're in fighting and allows Jingo to make a couple really good plays, putting them ahead in the second half. Gion has a new mission to tackle those that are... Uh, Gion has a new mission to tackle those that are really close to him and uh, facing his teammates that are, like, in his area, but also trying to conserve energy when they aren't. Because previously, Gion was just kind of, like, he was just told, just tackle everyone. That's all you can do, so tackle everyone. And so that's what he did. But now he's kind of being taught... Or, like, slowly, he doesn't even realise he's being taught, but he is being taught to tackle those that he can get to realistically and make the tackle with and let the ones that he has no chance of getting to get through so that his other teammates can worry about them and he's conserving energy. And he doesn't see this as training. He's just like, yeah, uh-huh, okay, coach, that's what I'll do. He's like a puppy. But it, it, it is, um, yeah, they're training him to be able to, to visually be able to like instinctually tell who he should tackle and who he shouldn't because he has the like instinct to be able to go, but he doesn't know which to choose yet, right? Oh yeah, Gion is very much just attack, attack, attack. Mm -hmm. But he has no game sense whatsoever. No. Mm -hmm. So he has no idea what's going on, but at least he knows there's a ball, smack him. Yeah, he really is a puppy. Like that's the best way to describe it. And Sekizen actually shows kind of his beast colors in this game as well, which I always love to see when you have a strong captain. I love to see them getting some airtime being super strong. And Sekizen doesn't actually get that much time shown on him being a beast. Like everyone always says he's a beast, but there's not actually a lot of clips where you get to see him kind of go all out, pun intended. Um, <laughs> and, and it's nice to get those moments where you get to see him being a really sick player. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Episode 19, I'm Not Crying. Sanyo fights with Rempei because... Sanyo ends up fighting with Rempei, his childhood friend, because he gave up playing just like halfway through. It was like, I hope these guys lose because like there's no point to me playing. The rest of the team are half-assing it and they're blaming him for everything. And so he's feeling really down about it. And the rest of the team are like, yeah, so finally standing up for for the team. And then he turns around and calls out the rest of the team for not actually aiming to win at all and for using... Um, Rempei is an excuse for all of their bad plays. So whenever they let something through and he calls them out on it, they just say, well, what are you calling us out on it for? Like, it's your fault. You should have done it as opposed to them being like taking responsibility for their own actions as well. Because of this, he actually sparks a fuel through the team and they start playing like seriously, start playing properly. Jinko subs in Oharano and he starts calling plays like a madman. Jinko starts doing really, really well and Gion even scores his first try. Jinko snags their first ever win. How did you feel throughout this episode? I kind of got a little emotional seeing yeah. how Gion got whenever he actually scored his first try. I was like, you, you go, boy. You did it. You did it. You scored a try. Yeah, and it was really nice to see them win. And previously they had two losses under their belt. So 
you know, by the time you get to episode 19 of a 25-episode season and they haven't won yet, you're really sitting on the edge of your seat hoping that it's going to be a win. And, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, they don't disappoint you with this. Definitely not. And episode 20 is hilarious because of the aftermath of them winning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I had a good laugh over that. Yeah. Speaking of which, let's jump into it. Episode 20, Aren't You Happy? The team is unsure how to celebrate after their first ever win, but after some encouraging words from the coach, it smiles all round. The manager has uh, the manager has some girl talk with the other teenage worker at the lodge, and coaches go out for a point and a point a pint. Coaches go out for a pint, and Teach gets shit faced. This episode is just all round hilarious from the first second to the very end. Mm-hmm. Freaking watching Sensei get shit faced though was so funny. And he got shit-faced so quick. Yep. (laughs) Fucking lightweight. (laughs) I don't know what percentage those beers were, but yeah, if they're the normal 5%, then... um... (laughs) Major lightweight. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The girl talk was so funny, too, them discussing um, the boys, which ones are cute and stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, There's just so much to like about this episode. Mm -hmm. The second half definitely far outweighed the first, in my opinion, as well. Mm Mm-hmm. The first half was good, don't get me wrong, but the second half, everything really picked up and the show showed its true colors. Mm-hmm. So second half was definitely a lot easier to sit through than the first. Yeah, and I understand that that's probably why the show didn't do so well on its initial viewing. Because if like you were watching this week to week, I feel like depending on how good the rest of the shows you were watching right off the bat... I feel like it could be one that kind of gets lost into the background of the first couple episodes. Because, mm-hmm. oh, like, yeah, it, sure. if you're comparing this to, like, Demon Slayer or, like, ReZero or something that's, like, intense right from the very first episode, mm-hmm. this is going to kind of seem pretty, like, wishy-washy in comparison because it's a slow grower. It is, but I feel like that's kind of needed in yeah. sports anime mm-hmm. because you're not going to tell a compelling story if you show a sports anime about a team and you start with the best team in the country yeah no i really like the way that this anime is this is one of my favorite animes of all time like i freaking love this one i love sports anime in general so this is one of the top sports animes that i love to watch and uh, i did watch this week to week i really enjoyed it i just think i feel like that's probably why the views weren't maybe what they were hoping and to why there there hasn't been a second season yet but i feel like it's also one of those ones that people are going to keep going back to and going to keep like it's still i feel like it it's been in so many top 5 top 10 lists of best sports animes and i feel like people are going to keep putting it there for a long time and i hope that it eventually gets a second season now blue Mm-hmm. Don't lie to the people. I didn't watch it all through week to week because... That's better. <laughs> I, I did watch till like episode 16 week to week, which is impressive for me. Blue, you, even you thought there were only 12 episodes. <laughs> I did, but I went back and checked my anime planet thing and apparently I got to episode 16. Could you imagine if we actually tried to fill that thing out week to week or just like filled it up every time we did a podcast? Right. Oh, I used to. I used to keep such good track of all the animes that I watch. Now, actually, the other day, I went back and 
added in all of the ones because of course I have my notes and like all the ones that we've watched. So I went back mm-hmm. and added in all of the ones, the new ones, and my my viewing went up like a month. I need to go in and add all of mine. Yeah, I went in and added all of the all the podcast ones, and I even like put the ones that I'd already seen at like two views as well. Mm-hmm. I had to yeah, go I feel back. Like to mine like... jumped because of how many times I've seen Dragon Ball all mm-hmm. the way through. It didn't help. Yeah, no, me. For me, Prince of Tennis, like, chucks my views up. Yeah. I'm afraid to try to cover Prince of Tennis on this. I We're going to have to at one point, because it's, like, my favorite anime of all time. Yeah, I'm aware. Mm-hmm. However, we would have to change our format completely just for that episode. Did I put... Do I have Shield 21 on here? Because if I don't have Shield 21 on here, then that's going to chuck me up another, like, 150 episodes. Oh, dear God. Don't worry, I won't make you watch Shield. Although I do recommend that you watch it because it's hilarious, but, like, you can do that on your own time. The the art style on it, I don't know if I can handle it. <laughs> okay, no, I did watch it. It only was... It was 145 episodes, yeah. But it only aired from 2005 to th- 2008. 145 so episodes in three week. years. That's insane. Right? Episode 21, Good Luck Charm. The the team progresses, gaining more wins and more losses under their belt. They kind of have a little bit of a montage, but not really a montage because they don't really show it. It's more just like them talking about the rest of the training camp and then you get like clips. But I wouldn't consider it a full montage. And the coach, uh, the, but the coach is making sure to keep them grounded. You know, they're getting their wins, they're getting their losses, but the coach is saying, you know, when you get wins, make sure that you're being respectful and you can celebrate and all that kinds of stuff. But like, you know, don't be assholes. Rugby's a sport about respect. And, you know, they're learning how to be gracious winners because they've never won before, you know, and how to take a win into the next game or a loss into the next game. And, you know, or a a couple of wins into the next game and not let that get to your head and all that kind of stuff. Those are all parts of learning about how to be a competitive sportsman is how you react coming off of a win or coming off of a loss. And they're still learning that. With Kifune showing his, with Kifune sharing his sports history and his good luck charm, you also learn more about the team members, giving them bonding time with some late night practice with the coach and and just like bonding together and and Gion learning more about his senpais as well. Teach actually learns of a cancellation of one of their practice games. So when he bumps into Ryoin, the twins team, um, he asks them if they'd be willing. Episode 22, Your Turf. The team will be playing Ryoin's second string. So the current third years, uh, so the current third year flankers teach Rion, uh, Gion and Issei more about the position so that they're able to return to their favored positions and leave the flankers to their kohai, because the flanker position to their kohai, because they're just the third years. They were in previous, like in different positions when they were playing in second year and in first year, and then when they their flankers, their senpai left, then they needed to fill the position, so they took the position, but it's not actually their preferred position. So when they learned that Issei and Gion both want to be flankers, they started teaching them about the position, and that was actually a really nice moment because we got to see two senpai that we don't actually like we didn't know about really before those two third years hadn't really been around and it was nice to just have some just regular people thrown in and not also get dumped with their backstory at the same time just just to have like fun times with the two of them you know Mm -hmm. um oharana bumps into susa who tells him that he hates everyone and that his and his body because no matter what he does he doesn't gain any muscle which (laughs) i feel yeah Uh, (laughs) (coughs) Oharana tells him about his brother 
And the two of them end up reaching kind of an understanding about each other because, of course, Oharana is the one who has the younger brother who introduced him to rugby. Oharana just kind of naturally took to rugby and his brother got tossed in the shadow and ended up leaving rugby. And Oharana is like carrying that guilt of taking rugby, of, of feeling like he took rugby away from his brother. And so they, they're having a conversation with that. And I don't know, it was a nice, it was again another one of these, these like OVA style filler things that just establish more connection between the players and getting us and this is why I fully think that season one is a setup season for so much more to come in the future because we are just getting to know the team and getting to know all the people and and their interactions with each other and and I feel like now with this established base if they were to go through something really traumatic together which is kind of what you need for a plot line you would feel so much more intensely for these characters than you would do if they had had that event happen in this first season agreed Mm -hmm. it's just it sets up so much to not get payoff on any of it 100 percent, yeah and it's just we just need that second season that's all (laughs) even a movie i'd take a movie at this point episode 23 my friend taught me Gion, Iwashimizu, and Miyuki go end up having some fun messing around the night before the going game Miyuki is uh Iwashimizu's old captain from the middle school team who he ended up breaking the collarbone for and then not, you know, doing so well with rugby when he first started off with this team because of the trauma of breaking his collarbone or dislocating his shoulder. They don't actually go into detail about what the injury was, but it was a devastating injury to a sportsman. But they end up having some fun the night before the own game. And Matsu ends up having a meeting with the other third years after the second game where he was distracted while he was playing. The next day at at the game, Sekizen tells the others tells the other third years not to worry about him and to focus on the game. Gion meets the second string flanker, Bihel Kun, and gets frustrated when he's underestimated by someone that is his size. Because again, Gion's got like issues with his size. He's used to being underestimated by people much bigger than him, but it really gets to him this time when Bihel Kun underestimates him, despite the fact that they're like very similar in height. Bihel Kun was like an inch taller than him and ends up actually accusing Gion of stealing his senpai's moves when it was actually Iwashimizu that taught him to tackle at the ankles. And I don't feel like that that was... It's not unique enough to be considered somebody's, like, special move. Agreed. Yeah. Oh, this thing with with Matsu, though, as well. Like, this, this doesn't get resolved in this season. Yeah, it really doesn't. Yeah. Episode 24. The opponents we could never have fought. We never could have fought. The opponents we never could have fought. The third years are end up ended up in their meeting confronting Matsu about him basically slacking off and and not paying attention and and just not like working hard uh, at rugby and it turns out that he's learned that he's not going to be going to college anymore so he just kind of gave up. Sekizen is distracted during their game because of it and though he is playing well their teamwork is all wrong because his leadership isn't in like he's he's still playing really really well he's still a really good player but his leadership isn't there so the team's kind of all over the place. They managed to score a try though because of the first and second years not they weren't there for the conversation it was just a conversation between the third years so they're kind of blissfully oblivious to what happened and so they're playing their hearts out and they managed the first and second years manage it to score a try and soon with the help as a vice captain Sexton's head is back in the game and they score another try and get a nice kick out of it too to make the score 12 nil to Jinko. The first string of the opposing team 
Ashley now starts getting a little bit interested in Drinker. They're like, why are we playing this supposedly really weak team that's never really won any games before? And we're playing them with our second string and they shouldn't be able to still beat our second string. Like we're top, top eight school in the country. They shouldn't be able to beat our second string. Why are they doing so well? And the coach is pretty pissed about the fact that they're doing so well against their second string. Episode 25, All Out. This is the last episode of the season and so far of all of the content that we have on All Out, unless you're gonna go read the manga, which I wanna do, I wanna go purchase the whole set. The first half ends up with Jinko in the lead with Ryoin's coach subbing in Zamba to crush their spirit in the second half. So Zamba, if you remember back, he was the big old dude with the black eyes that got sick from eating too much crushed ice. He is massive. He's like much taller than Sekizen. Sekizen is by far tall, the tallest on Jinko's rugby team. He's like a head taller. Like I'd put him at like, I don't know, like six, seven or something. He's massive. And he's like national level rugby player, best team in the country, you know, that kind of thing. He's he's a proper rugby player. And, and even though Sekizen and the others are really good rugby players, they were still teaching themselves up until the point where they got Coach Kamori and they only, they've only had him for a couple of months by this point. So they're not on the same level. And so their coach sends them in to crush the spirit of Jinko because he was saying that Jinko is, you know, right now with their motivation, that is the most dangerous thing for them because although they're not the best players, they're not the best team, their motivation, their confidence, their teamwork, all that kind of stuff is so good because their relationship with each other right now is so good that they can be a threat later on just because their spirit is so good. And so we need to crush that spirit down, get rid of that spirit so that they don't become a threat later on. And that almost happens because Zanba is miles better than anyone on the team and they end up getting destroyed. However, because of the words of Coach Komori, their spirit holds strong. Even inspiring Matsu, who again was off on the sideline, not wanting to do anything because he found out that he wasn't going to college anymore. Zamba actually really appreciates their team and wants to play with them again officially. He says, we'll play again in a real match sometime. And he kind of had a bit of a bro moment with Sekizen and that was really nice to see, even though the shot of him looking down at Sekizen making him look so tiny when we're used to him looking massive was hilarious. And the training camp ends up wrapping up as, and as is tradition, the team runs to the top of Davos, which is like a big mountain hill thing. And they share some inspiring words and agree that they all went all out. And that is the end of All Out season one. I'm going to keep calling it season one because I'm still hoping that there's going to be a second season. I I appreciate the wishful thinking, Mm -hmm. but it is Madhouse. I know. You never but know, But you would eh? think if Shihaya could get a second season, then, you know, mm-hmm. and a third season, you would think that this could get it, but I have given up all hope. We need to start a petition online, guys. Let's do it. <laughs> start a petition. Let's make sure this podcast gets so popular to where we have weight with Madhouse. Oh my god, that would be amazing, right? <laughs> then yeah. we'd be like, all right, look, motherfuckers. So, you know, all out? Yeah, second season. Thank you. Yeah, Give it to us, or yeah. we will bash mm-hmm. Madhouse. This is a lie. No. You guys make a lot of good <laughs> shit, but we will bash. Yeah, we will. We will totally not be biased. <laughs> no, I don't know. Okay, I want to hear your thoughts and opinions on this game specifically because this kind of 
Puts into perspective the level that the team is at in comparison to the real top teams in the nation when they're at their full power. Well, they have played other top teams Mm -hmm. and they've definitely gotten good enough to hang with the other top teams. But the top team, if their second string, not including Big Boy, could give them that much of a fight, then they're in for a rude awakening at Nationals. Mm Mm-hmm. But it was it was the best game that I've seen played in any sports anime up to this date. Yeah. Because it had so many moving parts and so much inspiring work with it. Now, granted, it, in my opinion, barely beats out the last game of Kuriko. Mm-hmm. Just because I was more invested in this show. But overall, it was still, I don't know, it was a really good game. And again, I got hyped for it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I got, I got really hyped during it too i i mean i'm still upset that they lost but i completely understand why they did lose and again but this is like the whole thing is like if they had won then i would probably have been more happy with it ending on a season one you know but because mm. they lost it just makes you want them to it to have more it makes you want more yeah the show definitely kind of put itself in a position to where you could almost be okay with it not getting a second season if you're like a casual viewer yeah. But having binged through this and having known that there's not a second season, I'm pissed. Yeah. Because <laughs> I want more. I want to go read the manga, but I feel like the manga wouldn't make me feel as hyped. Yeah. No, I'm curious about how how the manga would make me feel. I haven't, haven't read the manga for All Out, but I have read a lot of sports manga, and I do feel like they tend to get you hyped. I don't feel like they tend to get you as hyped. But does it get you Fuka hyped? I don't know. Because the manga for Fuka got me super hyped mm. for some of the stuff that they had going on. Um. So, overall thoughts and opinions. I'd give it an eight. An eight. That's good. I'll give it an eight. Yeah, it goes a step above Kuriko just because it had a lot going for it. The OP was good. The second OP grew on me. Yeah. But I it like was both. too busy. I prefer the first OP. Agreed. But the second OP still gets me hyped. I feel like the first OP got me more hyped, but the second OP, the like the background singers, I really liked that. It was it was too busy for me. Yeah. The second OP was. There's too much going on. Mm-hmm. Fuck off cars outside. Anyway, so the second OP, whenever I wasn't paying attention, whenever I was doing other shit while the OP was playing, I could kind of nod along to it. I was like, yeah, this is pretty good. But then if I was actually paying attention and like skipping through stuff on my phone, I'd be like, nah, fuck this. Get it out of the way. Get it going. Shoo, 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 shoo. But the first one, I listened to a good bit. Mm-hmm. The second ED was better than the first, in Agreed. my opinion. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, I feel like it went first OP, second ED. Without a doubt. Which is very much a your line April situation for me as well. Yeah. Because the first OP and the second ED for your line April are the two most iconic for that show for me. Mm-hmm. Even to the point to where Orange, which is the second ED for your line April, came on through my phone the other day and I just immediately started tearing up and I was like, it's not time for this yet. <laughs> Not April yet. Although, to be honest, this whole year has felt like April. It really has. I feel like this year's been at a fucking standstill, even though it's wild to think that Thanksgiving is in three days. Yeah, I forgot about that. American Thanksgiving's a thing. Yeah, the this episode is going up the day before Thanksgiving, which leads me to my next point, because I won't remember to say it at the end of the episode, but have a happy Thanksgiving to all of you American folk out there. Yeah, Americans, have a happy Thanksgiving. And if you are going out to see family and that, make sure that you wait a little bit after uh, eating all that food before you go on drive home. Stay safe on them roads. And I know like food comas are a real thing and 
and you can get real sleepy while doing that and you're you're people a lot of people think you know you think about the alcohol you think about the tiredness that kind of stuff but you don't always think about them food comas and sometimes it can be a little bit too distracting so make sure you stay safe on them roads dude mm-hmm. stay safe with that stay safe with the gatherings as well yeah. try to limit your interaction with people as much as possible but also if you're going to go black friday shopping again be careful be smart don't be dumb yeah I and that has been your PSA here at the BND Anime Podcast. <laughs> if I were you, I'd wait for Cyber Monday, but there you go. I mean, that's that's kind of my thing, because as an avid video game player, Cyber Monday is where it's at for all your digital copies of games. Mm-hmm. And uh, like most other stuff as well. Most stuff mm-hmm. that's on sale Agreed. in store is going to be on sale online during the weekend as well. On the just same store, so. Unless you're like me and the only thing that's going on sale that you really care about is Cloak. Cloak sale is tomorrow. My mama's birthday's in December, so... Oh. Yeah, my parents hate, like, Alexis and stuff. And mm. my mum got given one from work, and she didn't know That's what to do hilarious. with it. That's hilarious. So we just have it in a box upstairs. No, set it up, and then set the Pikachu app to it, and then set it off. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm humored at the prospect of that. Because Pikachu, I don't know if you've seen it actually work in videos, but I've seen it work in person. Pikachu is a sassy little bitch. Pikachu is sassy, though. Even in, like, the old anime episodes, Pikachu's always been freaking sassy. (gasps) We should watch the old anime. Season one. Yes. However, (laughs) back on topic since we got way off on a tangent. Uh, I think I would probably give All Out an eight and a half. I'm going to give a little bit more than you. A little bit more. (laughs) Mainly because... That's that's unusual. I know. Normally I'm lower than you. I feel like that's just my sport anime bias sliding in there, though. Um, So, you know what's weird about this? What? I'm a lot more cynical with shows than you are, yet I typically rate higher than you. Yeah, that is true, isn't it? I feel like it's just that I... I I feel like I have less of an emotional attachment to shows than you do, if that makes sense. If anything gets me emotional, I'm just immediately attached Mm -hmm. to it. I don't understand why. I think it's just the part of my brain that hates everything. (laughs) It's just like, oh, this made me feel things. It must be good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas I'm, I'm much more of a, yeah, this made me feel things and I, and I got like really emotional while watching it, but it doesn't mean I'm ever going to watch it again or that I actually enjoyed myself. I'm not going to lie. A lot of the shit that we covered this year, I'm probably never watching again. Yeah, no, I was going to say the vast majority of the stuff that we we watched, I'm not going to watch again. But then I'm also not the kind of person that watches stuff twice. Excuse you. There's like only very few things that I watched that I've watched multiple times. Harry Potter mm-hmm. is a big one that I watch multiple times. Prince of Tennis is one that I've watched multiple times. Well, I feel like if you don't have a Harry Potter marathon at least once a year, you're not even human. But then I wouldn't say that I've had a Harry Potter marathon once a year. I've probably seen, I mean, for a huge Harry Potter fan that I am, I've probably seen the movies only twice, some of them. And some of them, I mean, like Philosopher's Stone, I've seen a million times, but that's just because it's the first one. Mm-hmm. I don't so know. here's a question. Mm-hmm. Do you intend on streaming the Harry Potter RPG when it comes out. I don't know. See, in in my head, Harry Potter's kind of been and done. Like, it's not like it's, like, I'm, like, uh, not still, like, enjoying the content and stuff. But, like, in my head, it's just, like, in the past. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and if I go back and, like, find new stuff or get new content or read the new, like, Cursed Child books or go see the play and stuff, it feels, like, dead. <laughs> like, hitting a dead horse, you know? But it's not, in my opinion, because... 
because of all the shit that she who must not be named has, you know, come out and said and done and everything else, Mm. I've kind of grown stale to Harry Potter a little bit. Yeah, same. However, the game is going to be separate from the story that she's told. Like, it has nothing to do with Harry Potter or any of that crew at all. Yeah. So, but then I feel like to it, me, it doesn't feel like it's going to be... The same story? Yeah, it doesn't feel like it's going to be repetitive or new in any way. Or it's going to be new, but it's not going to be trying to re-shove stale garbage in our face. Yeah, I just, I feel like if I want, like, new magic content, I wouldn't turn to Harry Potter. You would turn to the card game. <laughs> <laughs> I used to play magic, like, a lot. Magic the Gathering. Yeah, you told me. Yeah. I'm, I'm still intrigued by this fact. Yeah, I used to we... pretty much have a green and black deck pretty consistently. We need to, we need to play D&D at some point we do need to play D. oh you know what's hilarious my brother was going mm-hmm. through his room the other day and he found my very first D character sheet from when i was like five that's hilarious yeah apparently i had a elf named piper who was 25 years old that's amazing right <laughs> baby blue the character sheet um i'm humored by this mm. also the fact that you would name your character piper at five yeah i i named everything weird though when i was a kid mm-hmm. like all of my stuffies have strange names you see for me typically the way i name my characters now is whatever like japanese name pops in my head first i just roll with that yeah or whatever anime i've been watching i'll pull some random shit out of the back of that and throw it into the fucking game I I have always named things wrong compared to what people have. Like, I had a Build-A-Bear when I was, like, nine. I'd say eight or nine. And she uh-huh. was white with pink bits on her fluff. And I named mm-hmm. her Toffee. And I remember my god sister at the time, who was only, like, six months older than me, getting really mm-hmm. mad at me, saying that you can't name her Toffee because she's white. She's not toffee-coloured. And stuffies should be named after the colour that they are. And it, she had pink on it, so I should name her something to do with pink. And I was like, no, she's toffee. And then I had a builder bear that I'd gotten previously who was toffee-coloured that I had named Ben. So... <laughs> <laughs> I'm humored by this. Yeah, so I had Ben and Toffee, and uh, uh, yeah, and they were they were my only two build but... So, question. What? For Slice of Life Month, I have a description for you, and I want you to tell me what you think. Okay. Cute girls doing cute things. 10 out of 10. The description is, this particular series falls into a cute girls doing cute things so, sub-genre of Slice of Life, and its G-rated adventure is in the great outdoors. 100%. 10 out of 10. Would recommend. Let's dive into it i'm i'm humored by this (laughs) okay well let's wrap this baby up because yeah i feel like we've had a good talk about what our overall opinions are about us hoping and praying for a second season i still really 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 enjoy that they chose a unique sport such as rugby well it's not like a unique sport it's one of the biggest sports in the world but unique in the sense that there aren't very many pop culture things about rugby in the environment that i grew up in (laughs) So, to me, it's super unique. Plug? Plug. So, you can find the absolutely lovely Blue Lavender on Twitch at Blue Lavender. She streams Monday through Saturday, except for Wednesdays and Thursdays, whenever she actually decides to start streaming again. She is also on Instagram and Twitter at Blue Lavender STM, where you can find art updates, stream updates, and all that other fun stuff. She also has a YouTube channel and a TikTok at Blue Lavender, where she does artsy things. 
Yeah, that's me. Although a lot of that stuff has been put on pause recently because of house renovations, voice acting stuff, and a whole bunch of other stuff that's been happening in my life. Um, like my mom, my mom's gonna have surgery in the new year. So we're all kind of like prepping the house and all kinds of stuff that is needed for the crazy couple of months that I've got coming. Not that the past couple of months haven't also been crazy, but you know, life, right? Everything is on fire. Everything's on fire. <laughs> but yeah, if you have had enough of me, but you haven't had enough of Brad, then you can go find him on Twitch at Brad Carter Gaming, where he streams gaming stuff, comedian stuff, talking to you about stuff who would have thought and even on his <laughs> instagram he's got loads of memes some fun jokes stuff like that broadcaster gaming on there as well same thing across all of his social medias and also funnily enough same thing across his social medias same thing across our social medias for all of our podcast stuff at bnb anime on all of the socials and on youtube if you're interested in watching our podcast well not watching it listening to it um I, all of our previous archived episodes are on youtube as well as on our website www.bnbanime.com we have archived episodes all on there along with places to follow us if you're into like the spotify stuff if you stumble across us on youtube and you want to want to listen to us on spotify or apple podcasts or whatever listening platform you choose to they're all linked on our website along with some background information about us some pictures to put a face to the name and all of our voice acting stuff well not all of our voice acting stuff some very early voice acting stuff we haven't updated that in a while we ought to do that and um some art stuff as well some friends of the podcast all that jazz all on the website so go check that out so thank you all so much for listening blue and i greatly appreciate it Sunday, four days from now you're going to have cheer boys i have no clue what i'm getting myself into with this one <laughs> I just, I hear the title and I I don't know what Blue is getting me into mm -hmm. with this one. This one's do you wanna, jokes. Do you want to explain? Uh, this one was just mad jokes. This this was me trying to come up with some sports animes to recommend to you. We've had some ones that a lot of people are huge fans of and we've had some, and I figured, I figured it was time to do something that was a little bit more silly. And so I came up with Cheer Boys. Cheer Boys is a males cheerleading team slice of life anime. I remember it being very funny. I watched it uh, very soon after it first came out. And I don't feel like it has a massive following. I don't know about that though. I haven't actually looked into the following, but I feel like it's one that I don't hear about very often. And so I thought it would be a bit of fun. I am looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. Whenever I think about it, I just get the daily lives of high school boys, but with cheering. <laughs> that's that's the thing that comes to mind. And a couple of the, there's a couple of moments in there that I think you would be able to relate to Daily Lives of High School Boys. I'm looking forward to it. It's just silly. Uh, I'm definitely intrigued. I'm probably going to start that tonight because actually we record on Thursdays now. I have time. You have time. <laughs> you do have time. But yeah, y'all can look forward to that on Sunday. But until then, we'll catch y'all next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.